At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Legit Bat Podcast. I am your host, Joe Hodgson, and right over there is Ben. Say hey, Ben. Oh, hi. Oh, good. Today on the show, we're going to have Charlie Robinson. He's a podcaster and an author. He wrote a book called The Octopus of Global Control. It's a great kind of a standing piece in the truth slash conspiracy community. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out for sure. We're going to have a chat today about um, Project Mockingbird and the Smith-Mutt Modernization Act. And if you haven't heard of that, you're about to. Ben hasn't. So you're in good company. Yeah, not a thing. I think uh, the only thing that I know about it is the two articles that I have read the first paragraph of on Wikipedia a piece. God damn it with your Wikipedia. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's where the most of the people go. So I... I don't care if no, I really know much about it. I just went there today for something. I, I just don't know how much I can believe out of it, but it makes you feel smart, you know? So that's all that matters. Well, and why, why regulate things that don't matter? So, I mean, like, it depends on what you're going there for. If it's something that they don't really want you to know about, but they can't really get away from questions, the only thing to stop more questions is to say that it's there and then tell you what to believe about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, I hope our sound sounds better this time. I uh, think I made a rookie mistake last episode. What the fuck, Mouth? I think I made a mistake last episode and used my iPad's microphone instead of the cool microphone that I bought. Hopefully it's working this time and you can't hear my computer fan too loudly because that's apparently something that shows up in the background. But this is a learning curve and we will figure it out. For all three of you that are listening, we appreciate it. Speaking of that, uh, Benjamin, Benjamin, uh, can you plug our socials? You don't remember, you don't remember, do you? Yeah, I do. Um, If you guys go on Facebook, you can find us uh, putting in the at sign for Legit Bat Pods. And if you go on Instagram, you will see it at Legit Bat Pods podcasts otherwise all two two of them well it's gonna be two look up legit bat you're gonna see it (laughs) around there you'll find it um no it doesn't take much to find it just legit bat podcasts um for instagram and legit bat pods for facebook literally nobody else 
has no. that name. No. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> there's a lot of legit podcasts. I think there's actually a legit podcast, which is fucking retarded. I don't... Why? Why would you listen to that? I get... Why would you listen to this? I don't know. But a few of you did, so cool. Next, Hold you're going to get ads. Just let, let me see something really quick here. I don't okay. plan on having ads unless they pay me Joe Rogan money. So we got about 15 years, at least. What are you looking up there, bud? Okay, so I just looked up Legit Bat. Just no bars, Legit Bat on, face, legit bat on Facebook. And uh, <laughs> it goes through Legit Bat Podcast, any of the posts that we've made in the last week. Then there's like Telegram bots, a Dubai free bat bot, legit instant withdraw. And oh, then shit. and then there's some rando that posted, no do you know whether this bat is legit? <laughs> They're not using it right. Batty for bats. In like, case you don't know yet, if you haven't figured it out, a legit bat is a dick joke. Like I said last time, we will tell that story at some time. It's just Really not that funny unless you were here. So no, I okay. So I'm not, I won't explain it right now. Uh, I had to explain it to, to our neighbor because I I told him he was like, "How do you find it on your socials?" And I was like, "It's legit bat podcast." And he goes, "Where is that from?" So I I had to tell the story of it, and it's crazy because it is not nearly as funny when you try to describe it because it's all it was all like a step-by-step process it, it didn't it, was, it wasn't all like one thing that just happened overnight yeah there's about three waves to it so it's <laughs> it's it's kind of a long short but also boring story but then you know you'd know why the fuck we called it this but well you you also have to be drinking oh yeah if you haven't started drinking yet get started now because the interview is coming up and you're going to want to be drinking for that if nothing we, else, to to numb the pain of reality. We need to get a we need to get a uh, a little counter bell, like what you get for service at like a teller. Every time somebody takes a drink, or telling people when to drink. Um, yeah, our name was just so much funnier at the time that it happened because we were all raging alcoholics. So we just thought it was funny as fuck because <laughs> it was just us. Uh, Speaking of, at one point we should get uh, we should get Iron Man on here. Uh, yeah, I'm not opposed. I'm sure he would. He could come on and get drunk and say stupid shit. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> we love you, Tony. Please listen to the show, <laughs> or don't, <laughs> or don't. You'll never know what we said. Nah. So anyway. okay. Uh oh, did you go ahead? Oh, no, you look like you had a point. I never have a point, so... No, I was just about to get into it, at least a little bit, um, just in case. So, here's the thing. You mentioned that not a lot of people know about the Smith-Munt Act. Um, so, just for the people, the you know, three people are very, very loyal fans um, that are listening to this. I think just, actually only two of them are loyal. The third one's kind of on the fence. So he's a little on the fence. Yeah. Come on, buddy, you got this. You got this. Take another drink. So just to uh, for anybody that listens, if you are like me and don't didn't haven't heard anything about this, 
I'm not going to give a whole lot of information, but I'll give you the intro to it so you have an understanding before we get into some of the, uh, I don't want to say conspiracy theories, but theories nonetheless around it. So, and then I'll, I'll point out the two little things that I was talking about on uh, the way they word the English. Uh, so the Smith-Munt Act, it's the basic legislative authorization for propaganda activities conducted by the U.S. Department of State, sometimes called, quote, public diplomacy. The act was first introduced by Congressman so-and-so, uh, where the bill is so named, in January 1945 in the 79th Congress. It was subsequently passed by the 80th Congress and signed into law by President Truman. 1948. Um, the long title for it is an act to promote the better understanding of the United States among the, quote, peoples of the world and to strengthen cooperative international relations. So... Upon reading that, the first thing that I thought of was I thought, okay, I, that's understandable. You're coming out of World War II. Uh, everybody was in quite a bit of ruin, and they needed to kind of strengthen what everybody thought of them. So they come out with this act that allows them for basically, you know, it says domestic, but, um, or actually, no, it just says public, public diplomacy, not domestic. So basically the ability to tell other countries and promote ourselves to other countries. Uh, the committees were under consideration by House of Foreign Affairs and Senate Foreign Relations. Um, it's all just about making us look better post-war to the, to the rest of the world. Now, where it got interesting was in the Modernization Act of 2012. Uh, this was by, uh, it was, or, I'm sorry, it was contained in the National Defense Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2013, the upcoming year, uh, which uh, 13, 14, 15. Okay, yeah. So what it did is it amended the United States Information and Education Exchange Act of 48 and the Foreign Relations Authorization Act of 87, allowing for materials produced by the State Department and the Broadcasting Board of Governors to be available within the United States. So they basically took an act that allowed us to make ourselves look better to the rest of the world and amended it and tweaked it so that now it's available within the United States and legal for them to do so. So which one did you hear about first, Joe? Did you hear about, did it go backwards for you? Did you hear about that one first? Or did you hear about the next one, uh, Operation Mockingbird? I heard about Mockingbird first, for sure. That's been kind of a staple among random projects and operations the U.S. has done, along with, like, MK Ultra, which, have you heard of that one? Because mm -hmm. that's a future episode, for sure. We can go deep on that. But uh, Mockingbird's one of those ones, along with P Project Paperclip and all these other ones that just, they're so overarching because the theory, at least, behind it is that basically everything we hear can't be trusted. At the very least, it's misinformation. Very least. At the worst, it's just outright bullshit. And it's really hard to pick through all that because there's like six companies that own all the major media outlets. Oh, yeah. It, have you ever seen those videos of the overlay of the local news literally saying the same thing? Like, not just the same story. It's like word for word the same script. 
Have you, you seen mean those? like you're talking about like when the local news is a, is a, a branch of ABC or whoever? No, I mean like there's collages of a major story that would happen, and there would be like 15 different uh, news outlets from around the U.S. literally word for word saying the same thing. And I think the caption was like, "This is what mind control looks like." Which sure. Sure, mind control, whatever. But either way, it's really fucking weird that they're all saying word for word the same thing about the same story. And I guess that comes down to the uh, like the Associated Press and all that, and they they all get their stories from one source. But that's sketchy, right there. You're getting all everybody's getting the same story from the same source. Aren't you supposed to be out there reporting, like checking shit out for yourself well, and like gathering facts, not just feeding, you know, from this teat of news that whoever the fuck puts out. Well, you would think, too, because like the way that I would look at it is if what it's basically saying is that you can legalize, you know, by the because uh, people believe what they're told. Right. OK, so that's that's what we're getting out of this is that whatever you're told, that's what people are going to say. And, oh, well, I heard it on the news. Uh, I read it on this article, whatever the case. So that's been a thing for years, whether you whether it's pure pop propaganda or it's a sway, call it slanted journalism, uh, whatever, to push somebody in a direction. Uh, the problem is, is that when propaganda is now legally released inside the United States, what it does is it also allows for people to push that issue because now they're allowed to go and delve into it, which is why think about, think about when we were kids, conspiracy theory. And we talked about this with, uh, our last guest was even the terminology conspiracy theory was not something that was used very much back then. And that was back before you have all of the at-your-fingertips availability for all the knowledge. It was before Google, before you could just look up something, right? You got it from, <laughs> like like some of the comedians said, you either went to the library, that place where all the knowledge books were held, or you believed your mom, okay? So... Well, no, that's where that's the funny thing, though, is, like, conspiracy theory used to be called critical thinking, <laughs> and not just believing everything you're told. And now it's like, no, you're just a nut job. Well, okay, right. Fine. I'm a nut so, job. Okay. With the age. So, for instance, so think prior to the 2012 um, amended act. So you have this information and it's like, mm, they're not technically legally able to do it, which now you're in that gray area. What are they telling us that they weren't legally able to do prior to just basically saying, fuck it, go ahead and do it? Um so you have all of that, and you do have your free thinkers, but yeah, there was always, the, you know, there's always the crazies that was back then. It's like, oh, he believes some weird things. Like, do you remember in the 90s, the idea of, like, aliens, Area 51, and, like, all this shit? It was like, oh, yeah, that guy's crazy. Like, like fucking, that's from video games. Like, I think I saw that in the 80s. It was a movie, right? Sylvester Stallone? No, like, they <laughs> just, they, <laughs> they, it wasn't something that, that people were thought about. So now you're getting into a spot where the availability for information is so incredibly fast and high no matter what you don't know um but at the same time recently in the past decade you have this availability for propaganda to be released inside the united states so you have these now the idea of what you called them you know back in the day critical thinkers before it was conspiracy theorists that's everybody so there there's literally at, at some point there's a line for everybody where they are they become a conspiracy theorist so, I mean, obviously, you don't have to, like, you know, completely take the red pill and every, sing every single thing that you hear is, oh, I fucking, I wouldn't doubt it, you know. But at the same time, 
there's a point for everybody that I've talked to where at some point they go, yeah, I believe that's some pretty shady shit that's going on. So like now that we have all of this information available to us, you have all of these different acts um, that you can go back to and look at. It's, it's kind of like saying we have more than enough information to dissolve an argument, but at the same time, do we really? Because what's to say that any of the arguments to go against a certain subject aren't also bullshit? So now you have one person, one side of the fence feeding you, and you go, I don't believe the government, or I don't believe this or that. They're all just telling us what, what they want us to hear. Okay, so now the other side of that would be the counter-argument. Who's to say that's not a bullshit either? Right, and that's where the uh, critical thinking comes in, and you gather as many facts as you can and make up your own fucking mind. The problem I have is when the media outlets are all putting out the same thing, people don't have a chance to gather all the facts. They're hearing the same thing from every source and just going, well, that must be it, I guess. Well, that's why it's funny to me that everybody, that anybody, anybody trusts any of the news outlets. Like, okay, so for those who might listen in, I am talking about any of them. Anything that you can flip through your channel without a TV box and get over the air. Any of them. So I always hear that argument about you can't trust anything the news says. And then they usually, the people that I'm talking about usually follow it up with, well, you can trust Fox. And I go, and I go, no, you can't. It's, it's, they're literally making money off of saying the opposite thing. Like, yes, it's two of the same snake. It's like Republicans and Democrats. It's the same thing. It's just two different outlets. They're making money off of saying the opposite thing. That's it. That's all it is. So I, I always find it funny when people say that they don't trust the news, but then they will cite a news source that they trust. <laughs> it's like that that was where you drew the line. You know that they have 80 channels all well, dedicated also, to how, the shit that they want to tell you. How do you know you're trusting that one just because you like what they say? Like, Right, because it goes along with what people have already predetermined would be the outcome. Were you there? Like, Could you like firsthand like, witness to this? <laughs> That's what I have a problem with, especially the stuff online. Like, how do you believe any of it? But anyway, we are coming up on 20 minutes on an intro here, man. I thought it was going to be 10. So, but that's fine. Either people have listened to up until now or they turned it off. Either way, a fuck are you. Uh, so stay tuned for Charlie Robinson. It should be a great fucking interview. And I don't know what we're doing next week because I don't think that far ahead, but we'll try to line someone up for next week. In the meantime, you can drop by the Apple podcast and leave us a review or a rating. Uh, I don't know anything about that, but apparently it helps our standings in the search, which I don't know why anybody would be searching for us unless they already knew our name. But if you don't like the show and you want to go leave a one star, fucking do that too. Cause oh, and leave a review because I'm gonna read it. If you leave us a shitty review, I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be fun for all of us. The it's more, a family show. The more, <laughs> the more, the more shitty fan mail that we get, the better. Yeah, for sure. Let we'll us even make how, you famous. I mean, you don't have to tell me how stupid we are. Like, we kind of cop to that already. We know. Thank you. Like, yeah, keep we, that one to yourself. <laughs> we're not taking this seriously. No. <laughs> not no. Anyway, Benjamin, I will talk to you soon. Um, 
keep in mind something you want to talk about next week or you, you know, you three listeners, mostly you two loyal ones, we're talking to you. Email us and let us know what you want to hear. I don't think we've plugged that yet. It's legitbatpods at gmail.com. I have zero emails in that inbox. I'm not even shitting you. I checked or it today. Nothing. It, it, does, it also doesn't matter if, if, if it's easier because you don't use email like most people. Um, feel free just to go and leave a fucking comment on our page. Uh, don't spam us or I will make a good reason to never approach that subject. Um, but feel free if you have anything to on our uh, Instagram or Facebook, just drop a comment about a subject you'd like us to cover. Or if you spam us, I might read it anyway. Like if you have a great deal on dick pills, I might read it on the air. You never know. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy the interview and we will talk to you soon. Have a great night. Later, guys. So we're here tonight with Charlie Robinson. He's the author of The Octopus of Global Control and the podcast host of Macroaggressions. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check that out. Aren't you, uh, are you working on an, another book too? I can't remember. Yep. I got one coming out um, just with Jeff Berwick from Dollar Vigilante and Anarchapulco. And, uh, and that should be coming out shortly. He just gave me his final edits yesterday. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, it'll be, all done and ready to go. That'll be a that'll be a whopper. But that'll be that's book number two. Yeah, awesome. And you can get your the Octopus of Global Control on Amazon and ebook, Barnes right? and yeah, you can get it Amazon and Barnes and Noble if you like the uh, paperback version. You can get it at uh, my website, the Octopus of Global Control. If you like the just the digital version as well, you just donate ten bucks on. PayPal and I send a couple different files of it, but yeah, you can, you can get that, you know, if you like giving money to that pervert, Jeff Bezos, I mean, by all means, buy it on Amazon. <laughs> That's fine. Get the Kindle. I don't care. But, uh, <laughs> but if you want to go, I don't really have much of a choice because they print the books there. They, it's such a good option that it's kind of hard to go around Amazon there. Uh, that's why they're in control. I know. <laughs> it's so it easy. Sucks. It sucks, but that's what it is. Um, so I, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I've listened to oh, literally every, every fucking episode. I'm not even I appreciate you. that. That's really, that's cool because you know how it is. If you do a podcast, you're, you're like, there is a, I don't know what the percentage is, but there is at least some percentage of a chance that I am talking to myself like a crazy person and nobody will hear this. So the fact that people are out there listening to it, in just in general, I'm happy if the, if they like it on top of that, that's even better. <laughs> I know I was, I mean, I was talking to my brother and that's why I don't look, really like to do a solo cast. Cause I'm like, that just feels so weird. I'm staring at myself. Like, yeah, but I was stoked. I told him I was stoked when three people downloaded it. I was like, Whoa, look at Whoa, us. We are exactly. And it's not time. just my mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, my mom, my mom isn't listening to this. Your mom at least I, just at least I hope not. But, uh, <laughs> So I turned my wife onto your podcast too, and she listened to your intro probably three times in a row because of all those hilarious sound bites you have. I 
I am so glad that somebody else likes it besides me because I um, I had Richard Gage on from Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth and he's like, your intro is horror. I mean, I love Richard and, and I I've, I know him pretty well, but he's like, your, your intro, you might want to consider cutting that down. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? That intro is fucking awesome. And he's like, I think it's I think it's disturbing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, you know, there's a fine line, Richard, between disturbing and awesome. And uh, genius. Yes, exactly. I, uh, I think I sort of stole it. I kind of pilfered the idea it, it, from uh, OBDM, our big, dumb, our big Dumb Mouth podcast, which is oh, my favorite podcast. And they've got a long, guys. they've got a kind of a long, long intro. And, uh, so yeah, you know, g- good artists. What what is it? Great artists create. Better artists steal. I don't know. I stole. <laughs> so I stole their stuff. I st- I have no no problem telling Mike and Joe that I stole their stuff. They know it. I mean, they, they know. I've come I've come on their show and said, "Hey, I have my own podcast, but that you guys to your, all your audience, you guys should all listen to it." But just for the record, OB, this podcast that I'm doing is my favorite. And they're like, they're like, that's some promotion of your own podcast. I'm like, well, it, the truth is, yours is better, you know. So I like. It. So, they, they, so anyway, I, I think I have friends there. They don't mind if I steal their intro. Oh, they've they've got their own thing they do there. It's great. I love it. I love all their sound drops too. The piss uh, and all that stuff. It's the piss. Yeah, it's, I've, <laughs> I've got. I I I I say to my wife from from time to time, it's all happening, and she just goes, <laughs> "Okay." I'm like, "Trust me, it's funnier than than it sounds." You know, uh, when Alex shampoo. The shampoo, the shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> so so we had uh so we're, we're on this like uh, group Telegram chat. Me, like all the guys that are doing that union of the unwanted uh, podcast that my, and, and Midnight Mike and I are two of the guys that help set it up. So he has those sound bites that he puts in the um, little telegram chat. So like I'll get an instant message or something. I'll click on it and it will be Alex Jones saying the goblin the goblet, you know, and I mean, I'm just like, I'm thinking that it's, I don't know what it is. I'm just thinking it's some important like voicemail from him. And it's just, it's just that. So, so not only when they're, when they're doing the show, they're putting those sound drops in, but from time to time I'll get messages and it'll just be sound drops as well. Oh my God. Mike's got that (laughs) shit locked down. It's hilarious. He's a total, he's a hardcore, like techie guy, you know, like audio file type guy who's got all the technology computers plus he's a programmer so he knows how to do all that stuff i'm just uh, uh i'm fascinated so oh i know it took it took me probably like six hours to figure out the whole thing from start to finish so i'm just glad i have that down now <laughs> yeah, i'm glad i'm just glad every time my skype works and my microphone work correctly it's like it's a victory for me so yeah no glitchiness awesome yeah so we huh. uh I wanted to get into Mockingbird just because that and the Smith Modernization Act kind of kind of go hand in hand, right? Um, yeah, I I'd say. Kind of a pertinent topic, especially with everything going on right now. Um, what's What do you know of the history of Mockingbird? It's, it seems like kind of an urban legend. I've heard a lot about it, but I don't know like any sor- sources cited, that type of thing. Yeah, so the CIA started to infiltrate the mainstream media in terms of uh, not just the nightly news, but also the newspapers, because newspapers actually back then were were probably more um, valuable to them as a resource than than television. Although television was was certainly making it 
making its mark. Um, they started to infiltrate these news organizations and then, um, and of course they denied it cause they're the CIA and that's their job is to lie about all the, you know, everything. But then in 75, the church committee had a hearing and during that hearing, it was disclosed and admitted that the CIA did in fact have people in every newsroom in the country and that the, it was in the thousands of people. And that's 75. They're admitting it talking about the sixties. So, you know, that it never went away, you know, that it's still, it still happens. So, you know, and it's not even so much that like the reporter has to, go to Langley, you know, and like go through CIA training necessarily. They just need to be on board with writing stories using CIA talking points. And sometimes that's like they willingly are kind of like, okay, fine, you know, I'll go on the payroll. I mean, you give me a little extra cash here. And sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes it's like, well, I do it because Every now and then they give me like a really good scoop that I, that nobody else gets, you know, and therefore, so it's kind of a trade. Like I'll, I'll regurgitate your bullshit to the main, to, to the masses, but every now and then you got to give me some real good tidbit that's actually real to make me look like a real journalist, which I'm clearly not, you know, so there's, there's a lot of that going on. And then some people are just totally clueless. They don't even know that they're working. They don't even know that they're, they're not technically working for the CIA. They're just regurgitating CIA talking points without even knowing that they're coming from the CIA. So it's, it's a, uh, you know, and look that this is, that's nothing to be ashamed of really. I mean, you're talking about the best professional liars in the world, the CIA. And so if you're going to get lied to by, by somebody or some institution, that's, that's who you would want to have do it because I mean, that's, you know, at least the best, you know, the best of the best took you, you know, got you. But a lot of them, you know, a lot of the people in the in the in the media maybe got into it for the right reasons and like, oh, I'm going to go to journalism school and then I'm going to write about all these important stories and I'm going to change the world. And then they get in there and they realize that their their boss is a prick who doesn't give a shit about them and does not care about their career and only cares about you know, the metrics that they're getting back. And so you've got to try and impress them and get some crazy story that nobody else has. And then you wind up, you know, learning how the whole system works. And by that time, it's like, well, I've been a journalist for 15 years. I mean, I guess I could go do something else, but this is my job. And and yeah, I just figured out that uh, everything's a gigantic sham and that we're, we're totally fabricating the news, but, you know, does it even matter anymore? And so, you know, so you've got people working in corporate media that come, that are, that have a variety of different, uh, agendas. Some of them are just happy to get a paycheck. Others are, um, uh, you know, willful participants in propaganda. And then we get to what your, your follow-up point was the Smith Munt modernization act of 2012, which it sounds like, I say, it feels like, uh, Ferris Bueller's teacher was was teaching the Smith Munt Act during during that scene in the movie. I mean, it's so boring. I mean, it sounds so boring. Um, oh, it's, it's it just sounds so benign. Yeah, I know. And you're like, oh god, you know, the Smith Munt Act. What is that? In well, what it is, what the original one was in 1948 was it was a it was the Smith Munt Act said you cannot use propaganda on Americans in America because we just got done with world war two and we saw what propaganda can do. And 
we don't have a problem using it on them, but we don't want to use it on our own people. So we're going to make a law that you can't do that. And, and that, that of course, original is a one was thing. Yeah. And that the original one was in what? 1942, 48, 48. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a long time ago and, and, and it wasn't set to expire or anything. It didn't need to be updated. It didn't need the Smith modernization act of 2012 that Obama passed and stuffed into the, National Defense Authorization Act of 2013 to get it passed along with all the other horrible shit that they were cooking up. And and people don't really think about it because they don't, you know, it's it doesn't get much press when it's getting talked about. But what it did was it legalized propaganda to be used inside the United States on Americans. So you have to ask yourself, like, oh, okay, so it was expiring and you guys went in and and like had to do this? It's like, no. No, no. If we had done nothing, it would have remained illegal for the United States government and media to use propaganda against its own people. But we made the extraordinary move of legalizing it. Why? I mean, I don't know, because they intend to use it and start filling the airwaves with propaganda. I mean, that's my guess. So so when you, you know, when you turn on the nightly news and you're like, oh yeah, the media is probably lying to me or they're hard, it's hard to be trustworthy, you know, they're not trustworthy. Well, just remember that they, they legalized it. Now, and in, in, let's be honest. I mean, let's be realistic here. It's not like they weren't lying to us before that. <laughs> they clearly right. were, <laughs> but, but now it's legal. Now you can't do anything about it. So you does, can't, like, does the Smith Modernization Act, does that explicitly state that that it's legal to use propaganda on the u.s population like i don't i haven't actually read the whole thing but it's it's all it's all this legalese you know it's hard to tell up from down that kind of shit so yeah it's talking about you know how it changes um how the how we don't have to worry about it from a domestic standpoint um that 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 it's you know that we're we're sort of have the flexibility to use it in on a domestic standpoint, uh, you know, and under certain circumstances, if times, time, you know, if it's required during the time, I mean, it's all, like you said, it's very vague. It's like, well, you could use it here, you know, if you, if you really needed to. Or and if we like, had well, a, a national <laughs> emergency or right, a like a pandemic riots. or a race riots, or, you know, yeah. it was a Tuesday, you know, any, any, any good reason. Uh, so yeah, they cooked that up. And so, uh, so right after we had that, we started to have all these, these, you know, really questionable and dubious events like the Boston marathon. And we had some school shootings and, you know, we had, uh, Vegas shootings and all these things that were, were, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm just, I'm, some of them are real. Some of them are hybrid. Some of them are fake drills, but you're, but what happened was that the media was very weird with all of those. Uh, if you remember the Boston situation, that was like a, a dress rehearsal city lockdown. You know, they had the water town all locked down. That was weird. And then you flash forward to, or fast forward to, uh, to the Vegas shooting. And it's like, all over the news for three weeks and now it's gone and it's like they don't mention it at all ever under any circumstances so it's, it's just that, been a really it's weird that 24 time. hour news cycle they yeah uh, they, they cycle it in cycle it out and then they wait for the next big thing and yep that's and that's i, and if you, I if actually you know i love that episode it. that you had yeah i love that episode you had the drill baby drill um, yeah 
the yeah. the Boston bombing was something I I remember hearing about, but I don't remember ever really delving into it that much. So that was kind of an eye opener to to listen to all the info you had on that. Yeah, I've got a whole episode devoted to the Boston bombing that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks that I did with Monica Perez from Propaganda Report because she's way into it as well. So we just did a show together. So that'll be out. And it, I just devoted like a whole hour to it. Yeah, it's a weird. Oh, that's one of funny. Those... I just talked to her the other day and, to, and uh, they're going to come on too. her and Brad are going to come on. Sometime. Oh, cool. She's just the best. I mean, I, I, I only know Brad from uh, the union of the unwanted shows that we've done where he's, where he's come on. Uh, but I didn't talk to him directly, but Monica and I just talked, we did a whole hour show. And then when we got done, we talked for another half an hour off air because we have a lot of overlap in the places we've lived and, and, and Boston bomb. And I kept getting emails from people who are like, you should call, you should talk to Monica Perez about the Boston bombing. I was like, okay. And I was just in my head. And then I got another one and then I got another one. And I was like, Okay, I think I might have to. I mean, I don't normally take requests for interviews, but if I'm getting this many inter, uh, many emails about this, maybe I should. Maybe there's something to it. So I I just did that show a couple days with her, just recorded it, <laughs> and now I understand nice. why everyone was asking for it because she's because it was great and she has all this information. But the Boston bombing was so fake. I mean, it was so it was so there. They left so many uh, breadcrumbs everywhere, and yet one guy is dead and the other one, the other brother is, um, is in a max a supermax facility yeah, under 23 hour a day lockdown. And it's like, these fucking kids had nothing to do with it. They had then nothing. To, there was nothing. They didn't, there was nothing that for them to have anything to do with. It was a fake yeah. event. It was a drill. It was, the Boston Globe was reporting it on Twitter before it happened. We're going to have it. There, there's drill. There's announcements. There's videos with you can. He, I could hear. I could watch the videos and hear in the background over the loudspeaker. This is a drill. And then I'm getting. I'm finding interviews with people that were there that were like one guy was a track and field coach or a cross country coach for a college, uh, university of Arkansas, I think. And they were there for the marathon and he's in his whole quote, I put it in the octopus book. It was like, you know, I was there at athletes village and they were saying there was a bomb, uh, a drill that they were running. And I heard it over the loudspeaker and they told us multiple times. So he's like, I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> I mean, I was there and they were telling us all that it's going, we're going to have a drill. Don't worry about it. So it's like, but you get that there was like, five or six different people that are all telling the same stories in the Boston globe. And, and then you watch the videos and you're like, this is not real. And then somebody, and I've, I've had people send me documents from DHS talking, showing the schedule of events, not for, not for Boston marathon, but for SH, the event that we cannot, that, that remains. It shall nameless. Re remain nameless. Yeah. Nameless. I mean, I have documents, the, the FEMA and DHS, um, uh, uh, they do a, a joint uh, drill together, um, and I have the paperwork from it. I have the schedule. Well, why do you think? Why do you think Alex Jones got so banned for that? That was, I think, the SH was the point where he got taken off of everything. It is. I've gotten put in in Facebook jail four times for posts that I had about that particular event that I had posted three years earlier. I didn't post wow. anything about it recently. This happened. 
I had posted it in 2016 and in 2019 on four different occasions, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Facebook put me on 30 day dings for for memes that I had posted, not even really like anything major, really. I just had reposted memes and they were dinging me for that because of, of that because of that that uh, situation at the Connecticut school. And so, well, yeah, that's on, like you're on a rails. watch list somewhere. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I get the full body cavity search when I go through TSA. Uh, uh, and that's probably just because I wrote a book. I mean, I wrote a chapter in my book called Black and Blue and Dumb All Over about about TSA. <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they appreciate that. You want to know the irony though? I got I must admit this. I must I in the in, in the interest of fairness, I must say this. Since I wrote that book, my octopus book in 2017 when it came out, I have gone every time I've gone through the airport after that, I've been hypersensitive to my interactions with the TSA because I bash them so much. Now I don't expect that they have read the book or anything, but I just from a karma perspective, I know that I just, I just took them to the woodshed in this book. And every single time since I put the book out for the last three years, I ha- they have been nothing but cool to me. And so I have to, I, have, I feel like such a dickhead every time because I'm like, oh, I just tore these guys apart in the book. And here they are, and they're being like super polite and really nice, you know, because I always opt out and get the hand chucked down, you know, because I don't want to go through the machines. And so I always have to have like interaction with a guy and, I've, and I'm always kind of like, you know, have a, a tiny bit of an attitude when I go through there, just like I, I have a short fuse for them, you know, and, and, and I keep kind of waiting to get engaged and every single time they're super nice. So now I feel like such a hypocrite for, for oh, writing that. Oh, yeah. The irony. <laughs> So what do you think that the uh, the Smith Act or Smith Mont Act actually changed anything or were they just covering their asses? Because I, I my idea yeah. of things is that propaganda has been going on since the dawn of radio and TV and everything else. And especially in early 2000s when kind of social media and the Internet took off a lot. I think it's yeah. just been the same. I think they just realized, oh, shit, we should probably cover our ass because they, if somebody finds out about this. I think that's what it is. I, I think that they have always operated above the law, but they have the um, now they have the added security of knowing that they have there's no sort of legal repercussion or there's no sort of, you know, um, judicial repercussions for their actions. Maybe they could get sued. I don't know. But but uh they just wanted to go ahead and take care of that since since they had the opportunity. They have a guy in the White House in Obama who clearly is not a fan of free speech, considering what he did to um, to to the journalists um, under you know, under the Espionage Act, putting more journalists in prison than all of the United States presidents combined. Uh, and so and you saw that he was no fan of Julian Assange. So you see that if you know. You, so is this this might be the president that we say, hey, we want to change the laws on propaganda. That would be the guy who would say, I don't give a fuck. I'll change them. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, not to say that Trump wouldn't do the same thing because he, he probably would, too. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, but anyway, they knew for whatever reason, 2012 was the time. And and by sneaking it in that National Defense Authorization Act, it sort of just gets pushed into this sausage of laws and 
you know, things that we we agreed, you know, the news talks about one thing and it's healthcare related and you go, great, I like this. This we should all vote for this. This sounds good. And then they don't tell you about the 30 other things that are also stuffed in there, which is obviously always more money for the military and more tax breaks for the banks and more shit like that. So so, yeah, they just crammed it in there as a way to cover themselves from their, you know, for their line and to maybe even set their partners at ease, their private sector partners saying, well, 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 listen, you know, what we're asking you to do is not illegal. We're asking you to do this. We're willing to pay you, paying you for a service and your services, you know, to lie your brains out, but it's not illegal. Maybe before it was, and maybe they were having a hard time getting these groups to, uh, to come on board and, and, and do some work for them. But, uh, you know, you get what do you get after that? You get ISIS videos. Yeah, I think uh, beheading. That's a, that's, that could be a whole <laughs> other episode, I'm sure, because the ISIS yeah. thing is. I mean, where the fuck did that go? Um, we all know what's going on, you know, with the uh, the Ronas and the race and all that stuff that's going on. Just kind of ISIS is sitting uh, sitting this one out. It looks like. Yeah, it looks like me, yeah, maybe they all just... got the Ronas. <laughs> <laughs> No, they can't because they wear masks. They were they cover their face. They should be fine. That's true. That's a good point. Um, they this they're all crisis actors. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean they I, might. I, they're actually kind of. I mean, I'm kind of kidding, and I'm kind of not. I mean, they they are like crisis on demand. Yeah. Uh, well, it pay, seems pay, pay like for that. Uh, I think I talked to my brother about that too. About how it's 2020, especially for a lot of people, is I'll believe anything and nothing at the same time like you don't there's no way to know so i i just kind of like observe and then try to make up my own mind about things but it's so hard to get any concrete evidence or anything so yeah it's true it's true it's like i you know someone will say you got to wear the mask or and you got to take the vaccine or whatever you know and it's like I can show you know, who's telling you to take the mask. CDC was like, all right, well, would you like me to show you the, the, the video of them saying on camera, don't need the mask. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Is that the Fauci, Fauci, yeah, Fauci thing? It, well, yeah. no, it's a different one. It's the CDC saying it, it you oh. know, the, their, all their paperwork is saying, showing it doesn't, the mask is irrelevant. You don't need it. Then you've got, well, but Fauci says where, like, I can show you the video of Fauci saying the exact opposite thing. It's like, well, well, but the hospitals are full. Well, I can show you Jason Goodman's videos at the hospital. I can, he, he'll text them to you if you'd like, you know, <laughs> of, of the video of the, the, all of these hospitals around New York city, totally empty. The big barge that they brought in, totally, you know, set in the thing they set up in Central Park, empty. Like, okay, so it's like every every sort of reason people have to tell you that it's true can be debunked with another reason that you can show them that show them that it's not true. And it is it's just been this constant it's like a like a litmus test to see like how how gullible or how far we're willing to go with this. It's like how good are people? I mean, are people really going to do all this shit just out of the goodness of their heart? Where's their line in the sand where they say, fuck this. I don't, I don't care about you. Now I got to wear goggles and a mask and gloves so that grandma doesn't die. I don't really care about your grandma that much. It's too, you know, that's the line too far. <laughs> I take the goggles, the gloves, the mask, fuck it all, you know? So what are they doing? Are they testing us? Are they mind controlling us? I swear to God, there's a, there's, 
uh, article. I had this crazy conversation with Whitney Webb like a couple days ago, and we were talking about all the technologies that they're that they're building, they're that they're using for uh, AI, and and uh, one of the things that they had in Afghanistan was these trucks that were loaded up with this really sensitive equipment, and they would drive them in circles around this uh, a particular city like all day and all night. And in these trucks, they had this, these like big antenna that were aimed at the, at the city. And they were pumping in like mind control information to try and get all these people to vote for one candidate over the other. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, when I'm, I'm reading this, I'm going, okay, first of all, I can't confirm that that's true. That's probably the, the, the where to start, but shit, it certainly sounds like something they might do. And then that leads you to the next question is like, well, if they're doing it in Afghanistan to those people, cause they have no respect for them. Uh, they also have no respect for us. What's to stop them from doing it to us, you know? So then it's like, well, is 2020 as crazy as it is because they're driving around us in trucks. I mean, maybe metaphorically, mind controlling us into this, you know, voting for one candidate over the other, or starting race riots or deciding like, you know, I have to paint black lives matter on a street corner uh, all over this oh, giant Jesus. street or else, or, 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 and I got to kiss, I got to wash some guy's feet or have to give the black power sign. You in, gotta in raise, some, raise your fist son. You got to raise your fist. Yeah, white silence is violence. You know, I mean, like w- w- they're fucking with us, right? This is—it's the only explanation for 2020. It's a cartoon, dude. We're living in a cartoon. There's <laughs> we every are. day we wake it's, up, we're just like, well, what the fucking fresh hell is going on today? Well, you know what? My first indication that we were living in a cartoon was when the Acme Brick Company was dropping off all those bricks, and I was like, holy shit, the fucking Roadrunner is involved in this stuff now. It's crazy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That was a weird one. Like, you yeah. don't hear about that anymore either. That I saw that all over the place, and now I don't see it at all. You know, I so just to date myself a little bit, I was at USC. I was a sophomore in college in 1992 when the uh, when the Rodney King riots kicked off. And I'll tell you what, man, I that it's fucking scary. Okay, that that it is it is one thing to see that stuff on television, and it is another thing to see that in real life. It is totally terrifying, and the smoke and the vibe, and it's like you know how people talk about like oh, it's just like a fucking heavy atmosphere. I know what they're I know what they mean. That whole there's like a you know week at a week of it and everything. It was just dark. I I even left, got out of town, but that's a real like legit riot and i and i remember thinking well this sucks you know that rodney king got beaten up like that and i know he had a he had a checkered pass but those fucking cops were were maniacs you know beating the hell out of him and then it was like an, a glimpse inside of the black community and like how badly they were getting treated and and you're like jesus you know i mean for a lot of us that was like the first time i mean we thought it was going on but we didn't we'd never really seen it and so I remember thinking, well, at least the good thing that'll come out of these riots is that we won't have to do it again. You know, like we'll have it'll be such a big deal that the police will have to be changed the the way they are. And and then we won't have this situation. And here we are, like almost 30 years later, and it's the same thing happening again. It's really it's really disappointing. I've been 
disappointed in the police, obviously for for being maniacs. I mean, not all of them, I know, but 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 there's a there's a culture that's not healthy, I think, in there. And I and, and I get it. It's a difficult job. You deal with assholes eight hours a day. Everybody is lying to you. Everybody you encounter is lying to you. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be a really frustrating job. Um, but that being said, there's there's you maybe find a different line of work if your first impulse is to just take out your baton and start beating the shit out of people. And it's, it's 30 years after Rodney King and it's still happening. And, you know, and so there, so I get conflicted because it's like on the one hand, the black community is, has a, has a legitimate complaint, man. They, they've been, they've been targeted by the police and these, you know, put, put in prison on disproportionately long, drug sentences for crack cocaine versus powdered cocaine and why that was done and you know who did that bill clinton you know and so there's all these reasons for the black community to be legitimately pissed off but then but then there's black lives matter and that's not even a real thing that's not even a real organic black community it's like a fucking you know i mean think we know about founded by two marxist women and the the fundraising lady is a, a, a Susan Rosenberg um, she's a convicted terrorist she blew up thousands of these but supporting Black Lives Matter and like this is like a corporate scam this is like a shakedown of the of the rest of the country to shake them down for for their white guilt or you know not being you know not being as fair with the black community it's like well time to pay time to pay up and it's like well who is this organization where is this money going what have they done what are they doing with it what if, what if, if nike gives them 30 million dollars what does nike get for it besides like a is it just like a pass is it like your your ghetto pass yeah, I don't. <laughs> it just seems like a shakedown to me. Like, nice company you got there. It'd be a shame if somebody said that you weren't supportive of the black community. Like, oh, okay, well, here's my checkbook. <laughs> yeah, it it's so weird though too because it seems like the whole BLM thing seems manufactured. Like, uh, Monica and Brad always talk about astroturfing, yeah. and uh, grassroots versus astroturfing astroturfing is a fake movement started by money you know whatever we, I, I think soros gives money to blm which is a different topic but yeah. um it just seems so manufactured and it's such a weird time it's like the epitome of propaganda um how do you think that relates to the companies that own this the main media outlets isn't there like what five or six yeah, that own, own all of the main media outlets. That should tell you something right there. Yeah, that's a bit. That's been a big problem of mine. And uh, you know, when Bill Clinton was the president, I didn't. You know, back then, I he seemed like a like a like a easygoing guy. He seemed like a decent guy to me back then. Before I didn't know anything about him. I just knew what I saw on the on the media. Now I've, I'm coming to look back on his career. And I'm thinking he's one of the most destructive presidents we have. Uh, well, I just talked about the crime bill that he did, but he also deregulated the media companies so that they could just start acquiring each other. And what that did was it just it went from 50 major media companies when Bill Clinton uh, deregulated it to now there's down to five. 
And that consolidates the information into like the hands of very few decision makers. And so when you do that, you, you inevitably have the opportunity to control the narrative where once there were maybe 50 people you had to get on board. Now you only have to have five on board. And, um, so it just made it, it, it made the, um, it made it easier to control the narrative The go- made it easier for the government to control the narrative through with these media companies in the CIA as well. They didn't have to worry about 50 of them. They only had to focus on five. So they really were able to, um, you know, after that hap- started happening or while it was happening, that's when you started to see things like the Iraq war or the Afghanistan war and nine 11 and all that stuff kick off. It, it, I don't know if it was accidental. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it just was lucky timing, but it seemed like that consolidation needed to happen in order to sort of, uh, manage the public opinion. Well, now you're just a coincidence theorist. I know, I know I am. (laughs) I know. Well, speaking of the CIA CIA involvement in media, though, I I don't think that's even questionable, at least in my mind, but, as a specific example, uh, Anderson Cooper didn't, it wasn't his dad in the CIA. And are you pretty sure that he's a CIA asset himself? Yeah, he did. He interned at the CIA when he was in college. And, uh, and it's one of those things you don't have to necessarily have, uh, to collect a paycheck from them. You just can, you could Anderson Cooper for all I know could have, his his viewpoints and the CIA's viewpoints could overlap perfectly, and he could need no convincing at all. He can't. He's a Vanderbilt. He you know he's he came from the Vanderbilt family. They're multi generational wealthy. Some of the most important and you know wealthy families in the history of the United States, and he's one of them. And uh, with a a a you know a troubled past too. His brother killed himself. You know, you gotta, you gotta wonder about, uh, you hear the stories about, uh, uh, satanic ritual abuse of the super elite wealthy. And you've got somebody that comes out of the Vanderbilts. That's got, uh, you know, I'm speculating, of course, let me just be crystal clear here. I'm speculating about this, but I mean, I'm not speculating about who he is and that he has CIA ties. I mean, that is, that's a that's a fact, but you know, so he could just be a perfect candidate that needs no convincing. You got, or you could be a guy like Chris Cuomo who has bigger aspirations, and the CIA says to him, "Hey, listen, man, <laughs> you you you're going places. You know, it's it. like we could make sure that you're going places." And his ego gets in his way. And he starts to say, "Well, I'm going to have the biggest show on CNN. Oh no, fuck that! I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to go be the gov- uh, governor. I'm going to go be, you know, a senator or something. Who knows? Yeah. So it, they don't have to do much. I mean, you, you're talking about people that want to be that are on, you know, n- national news anchors. You're talking about empty human beings like Brian Williams. Brian Williams is a pathological liar. Brian Williams will lie to you about what he had for breakfast this morning. Because that's what Brian, he does. That's Brian Williams just looks like a CIA agent. <laughs> he, he's does. got that like way too slick, like serious look, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah. If Brian all, Williams was an actor shit, whether whether they're CIA or not, they're all pieces of shit anyway. If Brian if Brian Williams was an actor, he would get cast 
as that CIA director, you know, because that's what he looks like, you know, but he's already got the, the point down because he's he's a pathological liar who keeps getting busted over and over and over lying again. Now, if I in my job, if I get busted lying over and over again, I don't get my own television show. Yeah, but it at an NBC, you do, because they already signed him to a big deal. And they're like, well, we're not going to cut this big dummy loose. Let's at least put him to work. Well, what could we have him do? Well, we could have him mop the floors. Well, yeah, we could do that. But it's like, well, he is pretty good at lying. I mean, yeah, he's been busted, you know, three or four times on air. But we're paying him all this money. Fuck it. Let's just give him his own show. I mean, so CNN or uh, NBC does that. They, he has Brian Williams has his own show. And this is after he's been busted multiple times lying about uh, all kinds of things. So this is the state of the mainstream media. And and if you get a good television network for news, like I consider RT to be pretty damn good. I understand it stands for Russia television. And I know a lot of people have a problem with the Russia part. But I had a really good conversation uh, last year. I was in London and to do Renegade Inc., this uh, TV show uh, that is done by Ross Ashcroft, who's a, a director. He directed a documentary called Four Horsemen, which is amazing about the financial collapse of 2011. And we're we're sitting there talking, and and the his show is on um, is on RT, Russia Television, Russia Today. Um, and I asked him about that. I said, well, how is it working for RT? And he said, well, I used to work for the BBC. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, how was that? And he goes, well, the BBC was horrifying. You know, he's yeah. like, if I had, he said, if I had this conversation with you, we had just finished wrapping the, uh, uh, the episode where we, we talked, we talked about some, some pretty deep topics. And he said, well, for instance, if, if I was at the BBC and we did this show, he said, I, you wouldn't have even gotten through that first answer before I have a producer in my ear telling me, cut it, cut the topic, get on to something else. If I didn't do that with you and I let you continue on that answer or, or let you follow up with with, an, with you know something else, he goes, as soon as I was done shooting this episode and I walked out of the door, I'd be called up to the office and into a meeting. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, that's the BBC for you. And I said, so how's RT? And he said, he goes, we've been doing this show for two years, over a hundred episodes. I've never had management tell me what I can and can't say. And he goes, and I have been critical of Vladimir Putin on the show, specifically about him. And I still have never had that conversation with any people. And he's like, I've got no complaints. So I was like, damn, really? And I always liked RT, but I didn't know that. So wow. and I don't think that he, I don't think he'd mind if I told that story, but but he just was not feeling the heat. So I was like, well, I guess I'll watch RT. Still understanding though, you know that it is just like a you know it's a television news show, so you have to use your brain as always. But uh, but it was nice and refreshing to hear that about. Um, about that network that, that they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't telling him what he could and couldn't say, because it seems like these days that's the only way things operate. Yeah. Well, I think that's the problem with a lot of it too, is the propaganda wouldn't be so powerful if their fucking brain once in a while, like the, all the current events, the COVID thing, like, I don't want to get into stats and numbers and all that. I'm so fucking tired of talking about it, but Everything that's going on, if you look at it, zoom out a little bit and look at it, none of it makes sense. 
from start to finish, yeah. none of it makes sense. And the cognitive dissonance that goes on with people being fed information but knowing something else is mind-blowing. And it's not something you can really explain to people. It's like, hey, you've seen the same things I've seen, but listen, look at this. Like, this doesn't make sense. And it's it's like talking to a fucking bucket of bricks. It, it's been the most frustrating thing. Um, I feel like it's a litmus test, you know, just to see like where pe- where people's line in the sand is or where, where are you, you know, but the, you're right. The cognitive dissonance is, is amazing because it's like, I, it's, I think at some point people become so invested in the story that they don't want to break away from it anymore. And they're now comfortable with this new reality. And it's like, oh, I don't want to change again. Like, oh no, no, no. But we're going to. We're going to get rid of all this bullshit because it's all bullshit. And then we can come back to doing things that w- the way we were before. And it's like, oh, but I kind of like the way we're doing it now because I've been doing it this way for five months and I don't really want to change again. And it's like, ah, oh, like, you know, well, it's stand the same up thing for with yourself. The mask thing. Jesus. Like- my wife goes out all the time and talks shit to people about the mask thing and like 99% mm-hmm. of the time to- total agreement but they're still wearing it like this and she's yeah. like you know that's not doing anything right it's like fucking underwear <laughs> material on your face and they go yeah I know but the uh, government said to put it on so I put it on but orange man uh, bad no. you know it's the same thing everywhere NPCs, you know, the the NPC meme that you see everywhere. That is what I feel like what we're dealing with. It's it's frustrating because I feel on the one hand, I, I'm very angry at the government for treating us like this. And how dare you have so little respect for us and blah, 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 all that stuff, all my complaints. And then the other part of me looks at everyone and, and I go, well, you know, fuck, maybe we don't deserve anything better than this. Maybe we're getting exactly what we deserve. Look at how compliant and stupid everybody is. And like, maybe this is, maybe we're just getting the exact thing that we actually deserve, which is zero respect from the government. I, I don't really think that, but, but it, but it, it does make me kind of laugh when I, when I, I, I recognize that I'm screaming at how unfair the government is treating us and how they should show us more respect while I'm simultaneously, simultaneously watching people on black Friday, knock an old lady out just so that they can get a $3 can opener. So there's that. (laughs) Don't even get me started on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Well, I hope you didn't bring up, 9-11 9-11 on Thanksgiving at dinner like I did one night many years ago like a oh, fucking fuck. retard and <laughs> watched the table turn on me just with the most disgusting looks on their face. <laughs> I, you know, my fault. I shouldn't have, I, you know, you got to know your audience, right? Wasn't, wasn't my, that's funny. We're going to do my a, better moves. We're going to do a 9-11 episode next Wednesday with another podcast, so uh, i got to brush up on my 9-11 knowledge, but that's uh, yeah. almost digging as deep as JFK at this point, where people are so usually either one way or another on it, but I mean, propaganda definitely fed into that whole narrative, too. Yeah. Yeah, I we just did a show with Richard Gage and Dylan Avery from... Uh, the director of Loose Change. And I think Loose Change was one of those documentaries that woke up people, uh, woke up a, a whole lot of people to, to 9-11. And then Richard Gage has done 
Oh, his work with architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. And we had them on the show talking about um, this new movie that they've got out com- uh, that's coming out called Seven, about building seven. And it's just one of yeah, those topics. Yeah, I, I listened like, to that one. Mm. Yeah, I listened to that yeah. one the other day. That's great. I can't. There's like, what, 3,000 some engineers? Mm-hmm. And they're, I think they're filing a lawsuit and just, yeah, I can't wait to see what comes of that. That's going to be very interesting. So this is a funny, funny, crazy story. I, uh, I I put a chapter in my octopus book called Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. That's the name of the chapter. I go into great detail about this organization, what they're doing, who's in charge of it, Richard Gage, what his background is, and all this stuff. I go to a wedding last October in Spokane, Washington. I've never been to Spokane. I'm going because I know the bride and groom. I don't know anybody else. I get seated at dinner next to Richard Gage. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I go, holy shit. I said, hey, I, I wrote a book uh, and, and mentioned you in it. And he's like, oh, really? I said, well, let me rephrase that. I wrote a book and one of the chapters in it is Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He was like, really? Um, and I said, yeah, I, I uh, thank you. Um, I certainly did. I'll send you the book. And he was like, oh, cool. So we were seated next to each other at dinner. And so we spent uh, two hours just talking about all things 9-11. And then after that, I said, uh, you should um, you should speak at a Narcopulco because like I'm writing this book with Jeff Berwick. And I said, and Jeff owns the Narcopulco. I should hook you up with Jeff and you guys, you should definitely speak. And he's like, oh, that'd be great. And then I emailed Jeff and I'm like, have you thought of having Richard Gage there? And he's like, oh shit, that's a good idea. Yeah. Why haven't we done that? I'm like, well, I got seated next to him at a wedding and, um, and he's, he's on board. So anyway, so I'm fast forward a couple more months. I'm in Mexico and Richard's talking to 3000 people there and just getting standing ovations and everything. His work on nine 11 is, is the best shit out there. You know, I mean, it's just, oh, it's yeah. kind of hard to argue that with the, he's an architect and an engineer, you know, he's, he builds buildings and he's saying, I've got 3000 other people, other architects and engineers that are all saying, this is a, an impossibility, how they, how the building came down. Then he goes out and in partners with the university of Alaska Fairbanks and they do a four year study on it, which just came out um, about a year ago. And it shows that the simulation model that NIST used for to show their collapse was was totally fake. I mean, they had it if the whole thing was rigged because this is how it would normally come down in office fires. And it was it it wouldn't have come down in office fires, but they showed how it would just crash a little bit down, but not come down symmetrically. So it's like there's computer modeling that's showing that it's fake. You've got three thousand architects and engineers, and the only people that are saying it's a true story are the people in the fucking media. And who and they have no credibility, as we know. So it's like this. It's time for a real investigation. This if it, it, so much of what we're living under right now with Patriot Act things like Department of Homeland Security and TSA and all these are direct directly from the Patriot Act, which came because of 9-11. So it's like if these you know, if the story of 9-11 is a lie and it is. What are the reper- what are the ramifications of that? Because we've passed all these laws based on a lie. So now do we roll back the laws? Do we roll back the Patriot Act? Do we get rid of the TSA? I mean, wh- what are we doing? Or 
we don't, you know, obviously that's not probably going to happen. So no, it's, uh, once no. you, once they, you get an inch, they take a mile and then another mile, then another mile that you don't get yeah. that inch back. Yeah. Yeah. And You're, this is uh, where, this is where we are. And this is what worries me about the COVID situation too, because you're, we're giving away rights left, right, and center kind of like we did after nine 11, you know, and you, know yeah. you don't get them back. No, I, I have a feeling the math thing is going to be here for a while. Uh, really, uh, interested to see what the fuck's going to happen with a mandatory vaccine. I know I'm not getting stuck with anything. I don't even get the flu shot. I haven't got vaccinated since I was probably 15 years old and I didn't really have a choice at that point, but I guarantee my kids aren't getting it. I'm not getting it. I know my wife's not getting it. So it'll be interesting to see. I might not have a job in two months. You never know. Ugh. Yeah. Then there's that too. I mean, they can make it so that you're, you can't have a life unless you get it, which is of course horrifying, but, um, I don't know. It's it's we're we're, we're at a real yeah. pivotal time. It's you know, I mean I, I I have a I have a dark sense of humor and I, you know and I think a lot of you know I think things are funny that maybe aren't that funny but but with, with this like I I do have some fears that that were you know at the beginning of some real time for the United States and I have a pleasure in seeing that I just I'm just seeing I'm not seeing things that look like we're headed in the right direction I'm seeing more authoritarianism and and what's worse is people cheering it on you know yeah really no it's really scary. gross well it looks like we're getting too that's, close to the truth that's where we are. like usual and your uh, your Skype is starting to either that or mine is starting to give you the robot voice so that might be our signal to get out of here but uh, do you want to plug your <laughs> socials before we get out? And uh, I know your sure. Facebook is the Octopus of Global Control. I believe that's your website also. Do you have an Instagram or a Twitter? I have Twitter. It's at macroaggression. Um, I, I mean, I have a Twitter for, na for now. They threw me off in February for doking oh, yeah, and the, suggesting uh, that we throw Bill Gates in the volcano. Yeah, the Moethus account, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one went away, but uh, uh, oh, Twitter, you're so sassy. But so I'm I on there for now, and I like to I like to mess around with people, but I don't expect to be there forever. I just can't I can't help it. <laughs> I I don't even fuck with Twitter. Like I never even got it. I guess I'm too old. To, I mean, you're older than me. I can tell. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't get it for a while. And I always, I was like, I'm not into Twitter. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. And then I signed up. I don't know why. I know I signed up and I never used it. And then one day I got, went on it and I was like, oh, it is a little bit more my thing than I believed that it was at, at, at first. And now I, now I enjoy it, but it is, it is just, it's like fighting. It's just street fighting, like just insanity. <laughs> People oh, I know. Screaming I, at each other. It's I not, it's not good. Psychologically, it can't oh. be good for me. <laughs> no, all the I have a couple friends that are on there, and all they talk about is all the fights they got in that day. I'm like, dude, that's not good for you. Get the fuck off there, or at least like take a break it for a week and see good. how much. The world is actually not that bad. Get off Twitter. It's beautiful out there. Go outside. Fuck. You are absolutely right. Yeah, Twitter is not the is not a accurate representation of the world. 
Yeah, it's like t- Twitter is just endless people driving really slow in the fast lane. You know, oh my God. it's just there's nothing but just make you <laughs> make you like angry the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Well, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. I appreciate it. Um, I, I appreciate you put, having me, man. This is I'll put fun. all of your uh, info in the show notes, and uh, everyone should definitely go check out your show. Start with the first couple episodes because isn't that the those are the ones that we kind of over, overview your book, right? The first yeah, like five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the first five, I put dropped out five all at once, just so, just so I, we could kind of give people a little bit of an overview of the book. And then I just do one episode a week is monologue only, and the other episode is interview. So, and interesting they're both equally, equally as good, and definitely get his oh, book. Oh, thank you. All right, man. You have a good night. Thank you again. Thanks, Joe. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Talk to you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.